Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Who know nothing of foreign languages know nothing of their own. And this is from Johann Wolfgang von uh, Goethe. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brigitte Gia and the theme for our show today is the gift of language. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit bethestaryouare.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you can be part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. It's always the season for giving, so give big. And so in this segment, uh, focusing on the gift of language, we have Zara Hassanain, our Hope Heals reporter, with her voice and what she thinks of language. Hi, Zara. Hi. Hello. Well, glad to have you on this segment and hear your voice. And so why do you think it's important to be able to, you know, speak different languages and, you know, really learn as many languages as you can? Yeah, um, I think too often it's kind of the importance of language is really overlooked. But the truth is that when you know a bunch of different languages and you know, like, those languages, like, in depth, you can communicate with people on a much deeper level, I think. Because, like, otherwise, you know, you're literally at a loss for words when you communicate with people. You know, if you don't know, you know... um, partially their language then there's really nothing you can talk about and talking is really the most basic form of communication there's only so much you can accomplish with you know basic hand movements body language stuff like that um so I think you know people sometimes say oh you know you don't have to speak the same language to um have like to you know be friends with someone or you don't have to to like have a special connection with them but the truth is that that connection becomes much deeper when you do have that shared language because it just makes it so much easier to communicate um in addition I think the cultural connection is really important as well um because it kind of gives that person like a sense of like oh like you know where I'm coming from like I know where you're coming from if you guys are like speaking the same language um because you know like if you went to France or something and like you don't speak French with which I mean like a lot of us you know that probably (laughs) most like tourists don't speak French but like um the truth is like you know it's going to be harder to forge that um you know cultural connection with people because they're just going to think of you as I think you view as a tourist that like it's, it speaks like a totally foreign language. Um, and so I think that's really the thing that's lacking when you don't um, speak different languages and you're not like by uh, multilingual. Um, and in addition to that, I just think speaking different languages gives you just this whole new definition of what communication really is because, um, you know, every language is so different. All the structures and languages, the sentence structures, like all the little details of every language are just so different that um, it really does help you. I think when you know multiple languages, it helps you communicate better in uh, each of your languages respectfully because you're thinking about, oh, you know, like how would I form the sentence in this language and how can that help me um, to communicate better in like this other language I know. So I think um, communication is really redefined and you can look at it from so many different perspectives once you know so many languages. Yeah, definitely. And you know, uh, what you brought up about the French language is kind of, I, um, I take French uh-huh. in high school. And so oh, yeah. I was just, I was just thinking like when I'm in French class and uh-huh. I, you know, I try to communicate, it is harder for me since I'm learning the language and yeah. it, it, it is definitely, you know, it is like you're at a loss for words and you can't think of what to say next. You got to formulate it. And yeah. it really does inhibit, you know, your ability to communicate with someone. And I think it's just so interesting that you brought that up because it's definitely really, really true that, you know, you really have to put effort into learning a different language and you have to, you know, yeah. try to communicate with people really. 
Yeah, so Zara, sure. uh, you know, uh, what are some of your favorite things about the different languages that you know? Um, well, you know, just starting with English, you know, the language I know best. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I just, what I love about English is, um, for some reason, like, it's really hard to pinpoint exactly what I like about English, um, because I guess it's, you know, just kind of what I've been speaking, like, my whole life. But, I mean, what, you know, what I really do like about it is, like, the literature is just, you know, really unparalleled the poetry is unparalleled there's I feel like there's a lot of freedom to do what you want like there's a basic sentence structure and stuff like that but like that like you have to follow um but there's also like you know you think of like writer they always compare like Hemingway and Fitzgerald and you think like those are both you know examples of like using the English like they both use the English language so well but in such drastically different ways and I think that's really cool how English allows you to do that um, I also think of like um, how it kind of that whole like adding your own flair to the language um, also comes into play with, you know, my favorite poet Langston Hughes. Um, Hughes really famous for like kind of his like short jazzy verse. And I think um, he actually one of the things I really like about him that makes me kind of appreciate the beauty of English is that his um, poems are like really short, but they're like packed with meaning. Um, and that's I think English also allows you to kind of do that where you can really um a lot of meaning into just a few words yeah. um so connotations of things yeah, you know like sure. slight changes and just right, adds yeah. so much more meaning yeah there's a lot of subtlety um and you see that a lot in Hughes's poetry um in fact I was reading um we did like do this response to like a literary criticism on like a famous author in English and I was reading um one on Langston Hughes and I really liked the sentence it was like um Hughes poetry is simple but not simplistic and I thought that really summed up you know um just how one of the things I really like about the English language is that you can be simple, but not necessarily have simplistic short sighted thoughts. Um, and then, so the other one, of the other languages I speak is Urdu. Um, that's my, that's what my parents speak and stuff. Um, and Urdu is kind of known for being a really poetic language. It mixes like all the aspects of like um, Farsi and Arabic and Hindi um, to make a really kind of um I don't know. It's really good for poetry. Urdu poetry is like really famous throughout the Middle East and uh, throughout South Asia. Um, and an example of this kind of like poetic, um, the poetic part of the language is that I always thought it was really cool how there's like a bunch of different words for love in Urdu. Um, whereas in English, you know, like you hear like love, 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 love all the time. It's not, <laughs> it's <all the> same. <laughs> yeah, it's all the same love. Um, but in Urdu, there's really, um, there's different words for different kinds of love, which I think is really powerful, especially if you're, you know, poetry tends to be about love. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's like, you got to define which ones it is and I guess yeah. Urdu really, you know, lets you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's kind of what I like about Urdu. Um, and then the other language that I study in school that I know is a little <laughs> unconventional, but um, I study Latin in school and I really, really love Latin um, because I just think it... Um, it's just a really fascinating language. Basically, there's, like, no sentence structure at all in Latin. Like, you, like, look at a sentence and you're like, okay, there's a pronoun here, there's a verb, like, there's a subject, but, like, it's all mixed up and it's, like, really hard to tell. Um, so, but, like, that also makes it, like, the Latin language into a kind of puzzle that, like, really, like, trains your mind and it really is invigorating, like, and, like, translating Latin is really, like, an invigorating, like, intellectual um, exercise. Um, and also another thing that I like is just, the little, again, like, in English, like, I was talking about the subtlety of the English language, Latin has a lot of that, too, like, um, or not necessarily subtlety, but just, like, really, like, creative ways of saying stuff. So, like, for example, the, like, first line of one of the most famous um, Latin epics, the Aeneid, begins with, I sing of arms and a man. Um, and, you know, it's basically, he's setting up the whole story um, just in that, like, first line. Um, and I also thought it was interesting how Virgil, the guy that wrote the Aeneid, um chooses to say I sing of arms and a man because you don't really hear that much you usually if you know it was written in English you would say this story is gonna be about like you know a man who you know it's referring to <laughs> <laughs> but I won't get into that but like um it'd be much more uh straightforward I guess but the singing kind of implies more um in addition you know I think of like Cicero and how um and his orations he never really like um, you know, you, we, we read, like, speeches these days, and they tend to be very, like, diplomatic, like, using diplomatic language and stuff like that. But Cicero, whenever he's, like, you know, yelling at 
the people that are trying to bring down the Roman Republic. He's always like demanding things instead of asking. And I always thought that was really cool. Um, right now we're reading an author called Salist. Um, and he's basically, so um, he has some like really like amazing phrases that like, um, so like, for example, like he'll say, um, instead of he's like in what we're reading right now, he's describing this like really evil conspirator. Um, and he's like, oh, you know, during his youth, there are a bunch of civil wars and pillages and like all those bad, like internal conflict. Um, and during like all of this, like bad stuff, he exercised his youth or he trained his youth. Um, and I thought that was weird. I remember when I first like read it, I asked my teacher, I was like, well, can I just like translate this word as like he spent his youth like <laughs> during like and he like like doing all these things and like he like throughout his views, all these things were happening. And he was like, well, no, because like that loses a lot of the meanings. If you, if you don't say train his youth, is, like instead of saying like train, train his youth, if you said like he spent his youth, it doesn't have that same sense of like, oh, he's like building up his evil, you know, which I thought was really cool because I mean, you would never say like, oh, he was training his youth like in English, but um, it really did kind of give um, like this guy, this conspirator, like a whole new level of evil to him. Um, in addition, there's all these, yeah, um, there's also, like, all these phrases that are just, like, um, like, for example, there's, like, one that's basically, like, it's ardens and cupititatibus, which basically means, like, burning and lust, and, like, it's, like, basically what they're, like, this guy's trying to say is that, oh, you know, this conspirator was, like, a really amoral guy, and he was, like, um, like very like promiscuous I guess um but instead of just saying oh he was promiscuous they say burning which I think was like I don't know I think I was just <laughs> emphasizes like, it yeah it's just um it's very Latin is a lot it's very like intense at times kind of melodramatic at times but that's kind of what I like about it so um yeah that's uh, wow. <laughs> that's intense yeah and you know like I feel like Latin is just it's it's the basis for so many languages and you know yeah. through through what you said about it you can really see why it's the basis for everything it's huh. got this depth and this richness and it, I guess that's why it stood out so long you know we have these romance languages and it comes out in those romance languages and every time I try to conjugate something in French class I always think about Latin <laughs> and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> like it's it's so great for your mind and I'm like, yeah. wow, it's so complicated. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah there's even, um, you know, like you were saying, there's a bunch of, like, uh, English words and stuff like that that come from Latin roots. Um, yeah. I actually, I just thought of one that, like, I don't know, when I learned it, I was like, wait, what? That's such a weird root. But it's also, like, that's, like, the weird part. There, it's not like English words always come from, like, really logical Latin, lo Latin roots. Um, in fact, like, there's one, you know, the word salient. It basically means, like, oh, like, it's clear or whatever. Um, it comes from the Latin word salia, which basically means jump. And it's just like, what? Like, how did you get from, <laughs> like, jump to clear? But then if you think about it, basically it's like, oh, like, something that's salient, it, like, jumps out at you. So that's, like, the connection there, which, like, I always thought that was cool, too, where, like, the roots aren't, like, don't always mean what you would expect them to mean. So that's another cool aspect of the Latin language. Wow, that's really intense. And, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, that's from what you said about it and from what I've learned about Latin. It's just... So, you know, what you said about it being really, really intense as well is just really uh -huh. great where you see all of this depth of language. And thank you so much for, like, sharing all of this and, like, yeah. and what you know. And, you know, it's just so incredible that you're learning this in class, that you're learning this in a school and they're teaching you all of this cool stuff about a foreign language. And that must help. Does it help your, like, English grammar as well? You know, you kind yeah. of, and your, yeah. like, English development. And I, I just yeah. think that's really incredible. <laughs> well, thank you, Zara, so much. That was a terrific discussion. And it was great to see what you think about language and what you think about learning a foreign language that helps, you know, kids today develop. And it's always really, really great to hear from your perspective. And thank you for being on for this segment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And OK, so during the break, guys, make sure to support our show and these amazing segments uh, by going to the website at bethestarur.org and donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. For more information, again, please go to bethestarur.org and follow our blog. Again, that website is bethestarur.org. Don't go anywhere as we continue our talk on the gift of language.
Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting, inspiring program. I'm Brigitte Gia, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. Uh, The gift of language is today, and for this segment, I'll just be discussing kind of the importance of language in our lives and why we do need language as kind of a stronghold for our society. So I'm going to begin off by talking about, you know, what language means to our daily lives and how we use them in our daily lives or use it. Uh, So we all know that language is kind of how humans communicate. It's how we really get along with one another. We're social animals and we need that sort of bond, that sort of ability to talk to each other, to really remain social animals and to remain steady in our daily lives. And so it's really cool though, how language impacts our relationships with people. For example, if I use a certain tone towards you, you will think a certain thing of me. And if you are my friend, then I'm going to use a different tone with you than I may use with a teacher or a mentor or a family member. And so I was talking to my friend the other day and I was having a conversation with her. And then I talked to my teacher uh, right afterwards and my friend was still there and she saw the way my tone changed. And it's really funny because personally, my voice goes higher when I talk to maybe a teacher or a figure of authority. It's just my way of trying to seem less, you know, um, informal and more formal and more business-like when I'm talking to a teacher or a mentor. And so you can really see how your tone and the way you express language, the way you use language impacts your relationships and how your relationships impact the way you talk and the way you express yourself through language. And I thought, I thought that was just a really cool discrepancy that you can see within your daily life. And so the English language, um, the one that I commonly use personally and you know we commonly use on this radio show, has a lot of different pronunciations that change the connotations of the phrase that you're saying. For example, if you take the phrase, I know her, and you enunciate each word, just like each word on its own, it sounds different uh, and has a different meaning. For example, if I say, I know her, that means that me, I know her, the emphasis is on the I, it changes the meaning of the sentence, uh, versus if you say, I know her, you emphasize the no, it changes the meaning again. And then one last one, if you say, I know her, you specifically direct your kind of, your language, your inflection uh, in the phrase towards her, so you're emphasizing the her, which again changes the whole meaning of the phrase. And so when we use certain, you know, voice inflections and we use certain words, our choices of language really impacts those around us and impacts um, the image that people view of us. And so that's how we really use language in our daily lives. And that's how language really impacts us and the relationships that we have. And so communication skills are really important in today's world. You know, when you get your job, when you um, apply for a job, you have to go through an interview, you have to use your language and communication skills. When you write an email to someone, uh, personally, I've been helping to coordinate some of the guests that are on this show specifically, and I found out that language is really, really important when you're dealing with people through email, like you're writing to them, and you want to maintain a level of respect and uh, formality, but you also don't want to 
be too, you know, standoffish or cold. And I really got to see how my use of language, of the English language, you know, made it seem so I was a certain way or, you know, really impacted my voice when I was trying to communicate with others. And so I think definitely in today's modern world, especially, it is very, very hard more to communicate well, because we have all of this technology, everything is on a screen. And so you can't hear voice inflections like I did earlier. I know her, I know her. Um, and then I, I know her, but you can't hear that through a screen. Um, so it is, again, really, really difficult to just communicate in today's world uh, online because different people will read your words off a screen differently than maybe what you would have said to them. And I was talking to a friend the other day, or I was, I was texting him, and we were texting, we were texting, and suddenly I, I texted this one thing that I thought would be very, very funny. I was like, this is an inside joke that we share with one another when we talk in person. It's funny. It'll be like a great thing. So I type it in, I send it, and it turns out that he, he kind of read it a different way. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't understand that joke. And then I realized that you know, when you communicate through online kind of social media type things, you don't hear the inflection as well and you don't see the person's expression when um, they're talking. And so it is definitely harder in today's world to communicate. But that doesn't mean that it's impossible. Uh, we have the usage of emojis. We have the usage of um, maybe like the asterisk, uh, the asterisk symbol or the slant symbol to emphasize a certain word or I can italicize something in an email, maybe put a smiley face made out of a colon and a parentheses. And so we really can still effectively communicate in our daily lives in today's era. All right. So now that we've kind of discussed, you know, what, lang what role language really plays in our day-to-day -day communications, let's go on to language and what it really means and what it does. And so a lot of philosophers have used language as a, ways, uh, uh, as a means of defining, you know, what the human race is capable of. For example, if you look at Leon Chomsky, uh, I talked about him in English honors with my class, and we really discussed his ideas. And his basic idea was that there is the existence of a human nature. And how do we prove the existence of this human nature? Because all humans regardless of where they're situated geographically or, you know, whether or not they've been, they've come into contact with other human civilizations, all humans have developed language and have been able to use it creatively. And so Chomsky uses this as a means of like proving that human nature is universal. And so that's kind of one util utilization of language uh, as a means of proving that there is a concrete human nature that we're all able to come up with a language. Um, for example, there are a lot of foreign languages in today's world, and we can all use that language to, um, to creative means, to like create writing or like all kinds of literature, to write poems. And Chomsky really uses that as a proof of concrete human nature. And I just think that's really, really cool because you see how language functions as a definition of human nature, and you realize that Everybody in the world has you know, a language, like a civilization can be isolated and eventually they'll come up with their own language and they'll come up with ways to use it creatively, uh, regardless of whether or not they've been in contact with another civilization. And so that's definitely one cool thing about language is that humans have developed it, uh, you know, on their own. That kind of ties in with uh, Frederick Nietzsche's idea of language, where he states that language is really a human-invented thing. Um, he does go on to kind of criticize language. Uh, he says that it is a little rough because language has so many different connotations um, that it's hard to really effectively communicate objectively through language. But he also really states that um, man should be commended because we've come up with this entire new thing. We've come up with language in order to communicate. We've come up with different structures. We've come up with things that are defined by language. For example, if you're taking like the animal kingdom, right? It's, we, it's, it's not that 
we defined the horse and then suddenly it became a horse. We saw the horse and then we defined it through language and we categorized that within our own like structure and view of how the world is. And so language is really the way we see the world. You know, it's the way we identify things. That's definitely a cool function of this incredible thing that we call language, that we call words. We're able to communicate and we're able to really structure our own world. And all of these different philosophers, you know, really focused on language because it is such an essential part of humanity. You know, this is the basic way we express ourselves. This is the basic way we are seen in the world. And moving on to another philosopher, last one, I promise, um, Michel Foucault also stated some stuff about language where he believed in dividing practices where society um, defines things and then isolates certain things. And he said that language is a form of knowledge. And so this knowledge of language can be put into dividing practices and can be used as a means of gaining power and of fighting power uh, in just power. And so he cited the civil rights movement as an example, or certain civil rights movements in history, where you can see that language, such as, you know, Martin Luther King Jr.'s um, I Have a Dream speech, where language is used to fight against injustice, because language is a form of power, language is a form of communication, and through communication, you can get messages out, you can get plans of action out, you can get your own, you know, visions out to other people. And that's why language is so powerful. That's why language can be used as a tool to their inflict injustices, which is really, really bad, or to fight against injustices, whether it be historically or in today's society. And so that kind of moves uh, me on to my next point, that language really, again, can be used to express your messages and can be used to kind of really push forward your own emotions, your own visions, your causes, essentially. And we see the use of that today, where we see a lot of people taking to Twitter and sharing their messages through language, a lot of people, you know, forming these kind of discussion groups. Uh, BTSYA is one, Be The Star You Are. We're able to get out positive media, because positive media is language, is a form of communication, is a form of taking your ideas, expressing them to others, and then hearing back from them, hearing their opinions, and hearing their expression of themselves. And so that moves me on to my last and final point. We've got the definition of language. Like, what is language, essentially? And I feel like besides the spoken word and besides the written word, there are a lot of different ways you can express yourself. And I think all of these ways can be categorized as languages. They might not have like a complete written alphabet, but for example, things like fashion, things like art, things like music, I think those can definitely count since they're a means of communication. They can count in some form as languages. I feel like since they effectively bring across your point and allow you to express your ideas and your visions, they really are a form of communication. They really are a form of language, essentially. And so I think they can definitely be considered as a part of language, a part of expressing yourself, and really just a means of getting your ideas out there. I think at the end of the day, language is a form of human, human communication, the, something that we've invented to be able to express ourselves. And that's why there's so many connotations of different words and languages as well, because you've got a means of expressing yourself and because you're so complex as a human that you need these different words. All right, well, thank you guys for hearing me out and hearing my opinions about the gift of language. And we are running out of time, so I'm gonna jump right over to um, some of the things you should definitely do to support this radio. Please visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. And also please visit our charity site at bethestarur.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash bethestarur. Stay right here with us as we continue our amazing discussion on the gift of language. Show the world your smile Be the star you are
If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. For staying with us here at Voice America Kids, I'm Brigitte Gia, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Um, today, we've been really diving into the topic of the gift of language, and we have one of our star reporters, Joven, here with us today with his segment, World Watch. Hi, Joven. Hey, all. Excited to be returning again to Express Yourself for such a fascinating topic. Now, when I first noticed the theme for this show would be the gift of language, it was an interesting coincidence. I had, just seconds prior, heard my parents talking in a different language and had asked them to translate what they were saying so that I could understand it too. See, while my parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, and all other previous generations of relatives can all understand our native language Punjabi, my cousins and I cannot. A few of us can understand it and speak it to an extent, but when it, be, when it comes to being able to hold a full conversation, it's extremely tough. Furthermore, none of us can even come close to reading or writing it. And this is actually a really disheartening thing to think about. I miss out a little more on my culture each time I even just hear a sentence in Punjabi. However, it's not too late for me or anybody else to learn. In fact, there are numerous reported benefits to learning foreign languages, which I thought I'd dedicate this segment to. Now, for retired or otherwise older individuals, learning a second language is actually linked to various health benefits. For example, a study a few years back covered by National Geographic concluded that learning and speaking a second language can stave off Alzheimer's and dementia for four, approximately four more years. And this is because using another language means you're actively utilizing different functions of your brain far more than you did before. And the best defense against these disorders that lead to brain deterioration is quite simply to think and use the brain more. And while that's certainly a lot more easier said than done, the fact remains that learning another language could certainly lead to more years for loved ones, as doing so could carry out these life-saving functions itself. And furthermore, learning a second language can also be beneficial to someone wanting to advance their professional career or pad their resume. Now, if there is a sizable ethnic group that resides in your area, and you are able to speak with them in their native language, you immediately have a leg up on your competition when trying to search for various relevant jobs. And, if anything, this would even just allow you to converse more easily when going out to eat or buying groceries. And interestingly enough, the American Council on the Teaching of Foreign Languages published multiple studies, all talking about how multilingual students often perform better on standardized tests such as the SAT and ACT. And I think the reason why this occurs stems back to when they first learned their second language. To show a penchant for learning, as many of them did, goes a long way at young ages. When kids choose to spend their time learning instead of many other pursuits that they could instead choose at that age, their thirst for knowledge is fostered and can only grow from that point. Because they are so interested, they'll put in the hard work needed and will become smarter, so to speak, as a result. Mm. And taking a look at this issue from a broader perspective, the world is becoming increasingly more global and diverse. You can hop on a train in Madrid, Spain, and be in Warsaw, Poland soon after. And there will not be any race that is one single majority in the United States in the coming years. 
Rather, multiple races will conform to a melting pot, as the United States have all, has recently been called. And with this and other developments all to occur, being able to communicate with a whole new set of people would prove immense opportunity for all. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man, that's, you know, the world is becoming more and more communicated, right? We've got all this technology. We've got the ability to travel anywhere in, in a day. And so, you know, what you brought up about how learning a new language and really getting in contact with different populations that are in your area, I think that's really relevant to today. And I really think that it's important to kind of connect with those around you and be prepared for a more and more globalized world. And so, Joven, how exactly can one go about learning a new language that might connect them to more people? Oh, well, that's a great question. So a lot of the multilingual students that I mentioned earlier, a lot of them have other family members who speak those languages, and that's why they're able to learn them at such a young age. So for those of us who aren't able to do that, maybe we want to learn a different <laughs> language or anything like that, there are a lot of various options. For example, there's Rosetta Stone, which is named after a famous uh, tablet that allowed scholars to translate between ancient Greek and Egyptian. Mm-hmm. And so Rosetta Stone, and you, uh, this company has various um, products that do help you learn a new language. However, they are extremely expensive. So with the advent of the internet, a lot of other resources have come up. For example, there's a website called Duolingo. Yes. <laughs> 20 languages um, that anybody can learn for absolutely free. And another thing that I think someone can do when using any of these resources, you definitely want to try applying these, as in maybe there's somebody in your neighborhood who does speak this language, and you can go try and talk to them and see how you can improve that. Or even on Google Translate, there's a whole community on Google Translate dedicated to improving the tool for others. And so maybe you can help in translations of new languages that you might know a little about. Yeah, yeah, I, I love Duolingo. Oh man, I have it on my phone, and it's it's such an easy access program, and it's so cute. It's got all those encouragements and like level ups and like all these little things, and you can learn how to flirt in French and Spanish. <laughs> Super excited about it. And yeah, uh, I mean, definitely what you said about talking to people who know the language. Like I, I take French in school, and so. Sometimes when I hear other people talking in French, I'm like, maybe should I go try it out? Should I go talk to them and try to communicate? Like, am I good enough? <laughs> you know, we have we have a lot of like learning in schools and, you know, people try to take languages during high school and middle school. But how exactly should foreign languages fit into our education curriculum? Well, that is a, that's a great question. So I do think that they're immensely important. As I talked about earlier, the world is becoming increasingly more global and more diverse. So we definitely do need to be teaching our young students these foreign languages. Yeah. And so a lot of areas do have this. Um, states even have their state universities require a certain number of years in a foreign language to even attend these universities. However, there's two things that I want to bring up here. Number one, if you look at a lot of different polls and testimonials, a lot of people report that they're not exactly able to retain their knowledge of foreign languages when they're older. For example, some anecdotal evidence, my mom, who took Spanish all the way from uh, late elementary school to her end of high school, now can approximately recall about three words in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> For sure, yeah. And, and so something does need to be changed in the curriculum. And also this brings up another interesting point for me. So on one of my earlier segments a few months ago on this show, I advocated for having programming languages actually count for state university foreign language requirements. And so... I would classify these programming languages as foreign languages. As in, if you look at what exactly a language is, it's simply the ability to communicate with someone else. And programming languages, I guess you could communicate with the computer, so to speak, which leads to other programs, which spread to other people in other nations even. And so we do need to be expanding our coverage of these programming languages as well as they are becoming increasingly more prevalent in both jobs and in general when um, with 
products such as Lego Mindstorms for kids even. And I definitely believe that we should be fostering these languages in our young children as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think that we have to look towards, you know, other means of communication as well as written and spoken languages. And definitely, I, I didn't, I was thinking of like music and art earlier. And I was like, wow, those are, you know, forms of communication. I didn't think about programming. That's like a really, you know, cool take on it. Yeah, we need yeah, to spread that. these programming languages. Because yeah, my dad, my dad learned um, C++ as a university student in, um, in China. And then he came over here and he was a civil engineer, but funnily enough, the civil engineer, like the building codes in China and Canada, where he, we moved were completely different. Like he didn't, he was like, I I can't do any of this. So he switched over to programming and the language was the same. You know, he, he got a master's, he was able to learn it really fast and he was, yeah, kind of able to connect with others on the basis of programming and like software engineer like work and IT work and so definitely that I definitely agree with you where we really should put a focus on programming languages and so Jovan do you speak a foreign language you know you mentioned Punjabi and how it is a little bit sad that you can't connect with uh, your own culture but do you like learn a language in school Uh, are you interested in like using Duolingo or like Google Translate? Uh, yeah, so I have been taking Spanish for the past few years in my school, and speaking of programming languages as well, I've been uh, trying to find time to learn that as well. And so, actually, I want to go back to that topic really quickly. You know, this was first brought to my attention after the Kentucky and Tennessee state legislatures um, had introduced bills that would have amended their state universities' requirements to allow these programming languages. And so I delved into this issue a bit more, and I learned that actually the parts of our brain that we use to communicate with other lang- with spoken languages are the exact same ones we use when writing programs online. And so... These bills in the Kentucky and Tennessee state legislatures were mainly voted against based off of them, based off of programming languages falling under more of a math and science curriculum. However, if we look at the actual facts, they are actually closer to um, foreign languages. And as you stated yourself, even your father, he can certainly attest to this as well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you know, like my dad often talks about uh, nowadays as well with all these new programming languages coming out. He talks about like learning them, like learning the basics. Basics are kind of like conjugating verbs and like learning the basic pronouns. And it's the same idea. Yes. Does it use the same like area of the brain? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, so I don't. Act, I can't actually name the part of the brain off the top of my head right now, but it does in fact use the same part of your brain as using spoken and written languages versus sorts of math and science. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like I feel like since there's that translation from you know the code that you type in to the task the computer or the machine is performing, there's gotta be there's gotta be that like you know, correlation between the two, but you're still (laughs) translating things. Yeah. And so what about sign language? Do you know anything about that? Like a sign language, would it be the same thing? That's actually really interesting you mentioned that because I today I just went to the first ever meeting of my school's sign language club. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and so we've been learning that together. And I definitely do think that's important. You know, sign language and other languages such as Braille, I'm sorry if I mess up that pronunciation, um, they can definitely open us to communication with a whole different set of people, which is very important. Definitely. Yeah, and, you know, at the end of the day, that's what language is. It's just communication and the use of words and the use of coding, the use of music, art, sign language, everything to really bring out our message. Well, <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us today, Joven. Your segments are always, like, super informative. Like, I don't understand how how much, like... How much time do you put in? Like, this is there's so much research and like you know well thought out statements within your segments always. Thank you. So thanks for being here. (laughs) All right, well guys, be sure to stay tuned for our next segment. And during the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for the Be the Star You Are 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. There's more information under events at our website at btsya.org. 
visit expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. I'm Brigitte Gia, and when we come back, we will continue our inspiring conversation on the gift of language. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, and today's hour is all about language. I'm Brigitte Gia, and in this segment, we will be listening to our star reporter, Katie Chu, with her segment, Aim to Shoot. Hi, Katie. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie, the reporter for Aim to Shoot, which is all about careers, and today I'm going to be talking about how language really relates to your career. So technology is increasingly becoming a large part of society, communication, professions, careers, and jobs that were once technology-free now incorporate technology in literally every way. And meetings that were once held in person might be held over a group chat, a phone call, a video call. And while your attire, your gestures, and your behavior still do matter, especially when meeting people in person, your language is becoming more and more important. You might find yourself sending an email or message to a coworker or an employer while um, you're working, and the recipient of that email or message won't be able to see your facial expression or your hand gestures or hear the tone of your voice. All they'll have is your language in that message, making it all the more important that you're, you're being careful of the words you use and whether you're being formal or informal with your language. When you're chatting friends, you might send a message that might that seems a little colder than it's meant to be, when it's actually meant to be a warm message of some sort. And with friends, these aren't really itch- issues because they either immediately understand and ask for a clarification, or you can easily smooth it over in a follow-up message. But when you're trying to apply to a college or some camp or organization, or even when you're doing an interview talking to your employer, sending an application, your first impression might be your last. In that case, you can't send a follow-up message or email. You can't send up, uh, call them later and say, oh, I'm sorry for this message that seemed a lot colder than it was meant to be. So your language is extremely vital and you have to be really careful in what you say, especially with careers and professions. Last year in the fall, I was organizing a science program at an elementary school, and I was really careful to be formal and friendly in my emails to the school administration, to the teachers, and to the parents. And a lot of the emails that came back to me noted that they thought I was an adult based on my language and would love to help or join. Now, I was obviously being really careful when I was writing these emails, but I didn't think that it'd be quite the decisive factor between success and failure of that program at that school, but it ended up being just that, and I realized how important language can really be. Whether you're in middle school or high school or college or working, language really is the key to connecting with people and appealing to definitely people of higher status or um, teachers or employers. And even with teachers, this really does apply, even though teachers obviously don't choose to show favoritism of any sort, especially when a student uses a more accurate type of language, clear language when speaking to the teacher in comparison to students who still say like um, whatever when talking to the teacher. Teachers end up feeling a little more favoritism toward the students who speak much more clearer and accurately. So it's important all 
at any time in any time in your life to enhance and improve your language skills whenever you can. And just be careful of what kind of language you're using when you're talking to different types of people and different types of audiences. So when you speak to when you need to speak to someone of authority or send an email to your next employer or your dream college, you can successfully win them over to your side without leaving a bad impression of any sort. Now, this isn't the only way language can really be impactful in your career, and obviously one, one more obvious way is knowing different languages. Clearly, the world is becoming more and more interconnected, which means it will be all the more beneficial for you to be familiar with a variety of languages. Obviously, languages are difficult to learn and can't be memorized a minute before you go into a meeting the way mm. students might try to memorize a study guide a minute before going into an exam. And I'm definitely not <coughs> suggesting that you have to be fluent in Spanish, French, German, Russian, Indian, Chinese, Korean. You don't have to be fluent in all these languages, but it's nice. It's definitely a good idea and something you should definitely do whenever you go mm. into a career or profession or company, know what kind of people and countries they work with and if they do work on a national, international level. And make sure you're somewhat familiar with the language of those nations. Even if your profession doesn't involve work on an international level, America, at the very least, is an extremely diverse nation. And it might just be beneficial for you to know a little Spanish or Chinese going into your work. Recently, I was applying to this camp for... Um, a volunteer camp to go to over the summer. And one of the questions they asked me, one of their first questions was, what languages can you speak? And I realized, so employers really are looking for people who can not only speak English well, but also have a somewhat diverse knowledge of languages because it can be beneficial in connecting and, interconnect and interacting with um, a variety of people wherever you go. Mm -hmm. Now, while language skills are applicable to any field of work or career, there are obviously professions that may specifically call for such skills and in which individuals with great language or speaking skills are really at an advantage. And these language-related careers are, are really broad, too, because language skills is a skill that's needed in every kind of field. But mm -hmm. some, someone specifically might be any kind of business, uh, charity work, engineering, media, museums, libraries, public administration, definitely, <laughs> um, teaching, <laughs> tourism, transport, logistics, all these types of career fields um, are definitely fields that in which you really do need some kind of language skills or some expertise in being able to talk to people and mm -hmm. be able to differentiate between speaking formally or informally when you're speaking to people to really leave uh, the, the kind of image that you want to leave. Mm -hmm. So some specific career possibilities could be, one, for example, a broadcast journalist. So everyday journalist has to look for possible news or feature stories that might be of interest to the public. And when they learn of it, they research it about it, set interviews with the key persons involved, and then release onto media in some sort. And when they do release it onto media, they really do have to speak clearly about it and be able to incorporate things without leaving a bad taste to it or be able to really express ideas clearly without leaving the wrong message. And the same goes for a lot of other, a lot of other career, careers connected with media in any time, whether it's online or on TV or in reality. All of these do really involve some caution with the kind of language you're using in the way you're describing things and language is really important in media what whenever yeah. you're using it yeah and, yeah yeah and then of course business definitely does need um language skills wherever you're using it especially if you're beginning a business you have to appeal to different people for sponsorships or you have to appeal to other other companies to work with and in doing so you really do need to use the right kind of language you have to be formal be careful not to stumble and really talk in a way to make that person convinced that you are a sophisticated and responsible person and in doing that the most the most important skill that you can have is your ability to speak well so for marketing executives sales executives they undertake a particularly broad range of tasks and have various responsibilities involving combination of advertising, interacting with the public, campaign planning, managing events, researching market trends, and 
In order to really implement effective marketing schemes, you really do need to interact with your colleagues, clients, uh, target audience to be able to sell the product you want successfully as a marketing executive or a sales executive. And working as a marketing executive really is all about strategy and planning, organization and administration, and especially communication. Thus, to be successful in business, you really do need language skills. And then, of course, there are other possibilities for mm-hmm. career or career possibilities for people who really do think language skills is their best skill or something that they really do excel in compared to other people. And that would be foreign civil services or human resources where you really do interact with people often. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you know, I I found it interesting that you mentioned earlier about like um, you you want to know all of these languages or you want to have a more broad like view of languages if you're applying for jobs and you've just listed all of these great jobs that have to do with communication. Well, um, I I actually volunteered or I did a lot of internships and a lot of work in like the political sector and kind of like a lot of stuff on campaigning. And I found um, since I live in the San Francisco Bay Area and I'm working with a lot of like, you know, people from all nationalities. I found that it is, it's so useful to really know more foreign languages. You know, I I know rudimentary Chinese, so I'm able to kind of communicate well. And it's really good to have on my application as well, because then, you know, a lot of these political campaigns will be like, hey, you you know this language, you can communicate with more people. And I think it's great that you brought that up because it definitely is a really, you know, new and useful skill that has come up in like finding jobs recently. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. Like a lot of people do use like English and most people do have some rudimentary knowledge of English, even if they've come from a different country. But really having being a little familiar with other languages and opening up with um someone's native language to speak to them can really be useful and really appealing to them and connecting with them and they'll definitely be more open to you and this can be applied to customers to employers to companies and this can really be beneficial for you in whether you're in high school or college or whether you're working yeah wow (laughs) it's just it's just such a good skill to have communication guys and so uh katie you've named a lot of like all of these different um you know, jobs and like areas where you can apply your communication skills. Well, do you have any other, like, what are some other careers in which language skills, you know, can be very useful? Well, for language skills, especially for language skills, it really is applied in every single field. You won't find any type of career in which you really don't use language skills, but they're obviously most important in media or business types of um, working or in any company or even even in medical in medical careers where you're working with patients patients really are sensitive when you go talk to them and it's really important to speak carefully when you're talking to them and not over overuse medical terms but not not make them feel bad about their knowledge and really be able to connect with them in a way that makes them feel comfortable and makes you someone, a a trustworthy person to them. Yeah, I I had an English teacher once who said, you know, you might be going into science or STEM, but I can guarantee you, you're going to come back to English and your communication, (laughs) you're going to need it for your cover letters. (laughs) All right. Uh, One more question before we run out of time. Uh, Katie, what colleges have the best language communication or media programs? Well, with language communication media programs, there are obviously a lot of great colleges out there, but some of the ones that a lot of people do compliment and are really known for their great communication programs are UPenn, University of Pennsylvania, University of South <laughs> Southern California, New York University, Boston University, of course, Harvard. And there are just a lot of colleges out there that you might want to consider. And a lot of them do have great media and communication programs, some of them with more specific ones where you can go into a certain type of media or communication. But these are some of the colleges that you could really consider if you're thinking about going into communication all right well yeah thank you that's I gotta like take down that list you know like make sure I have all the names like all right these are some of the places I'll apply journalism like broadcasting (laughs) let's do it all right well thank you so much Katie for your amazing and informative segments like 
you have so much information every single time. It's just like pages and pages of all this great stuff. Well, it's time to say goodbye, sadly. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryant, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, Matt. And thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you, our listeners, for making a top-rated program. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For information on our creative community, go to btsya.org and our main site at bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be multilingual, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself